Well, knowing the task before me this morning, knowing the task before us, let us turn to the Lord in prayer. Father God, you are the creator and sustainer of life. You hold all things together by the power of your hands and you have sent your son to come and be near to us. This morning as we make our way through your word, open our hearts and minds so that way we may understand rightly what we need to know in this text and that our lives may be changed so that we can bring glory to your name. Amen. Now I'm going to say something that may come as a shock to all of you. Wait for it. I'm not a runner. Boom, said it, it's out in the open. And I want to be delicate here um, because I know we have runners in our congregation and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I really, really don't like running. Um, But I am close to someone who does, or did. I don't like running now, but I remember one specific instance when my dad and I flew to the big island of Hawaii to compete in a race. So this specific race had a course that was around, down in and out of a crater caused by a volcano. There were age divisions, prizes, and I thought, you know, I could make my dad happy by running with him and, you know, maybe could snag that first place trophy while I'm at it. So we fly over. We carbo load the night before, not minutes before, like some people, that's a, that's a bad idea. And we end up at the starting line. So the race starts. All these people just blowing past me. I'm just off to a nice jog. I don't know the ins and outs of racing, but I figured, you know, if I could just keep a steady pace, that would be good enough for me. So I'm a middle schooler who isn't a runner. So that means I was in amazing shape, right? Running across the rim of the crater was easy enough. Making my way down the trail to the bottom of the crater, not so bad. But then I get to the climb out. I'm hot, sweaty, out of breath. I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to end well. It could honestly end with me just collapsing right there in the trail. My body is aching, sweat in my eyes, sun is beating down on me. I wasn't having the most fun in the world. You ever feel like that? But this is what else is going through my head. If I finish, I get that trophy. Maybe. And I get out of this crazy hole where lava burst forth from the earth at one point. So I start to search my mind for things to get me through and get me out. Well, I did eat that huge amount of pasta last night. My dad did give me some advice before the race. My dad can run and I am his son, so that has to count for something. And no one would let me just die here, right? I finally reached the top of the crater. 
run the rest of the way around to the finish line, found my dad, finished the race. Pushed through what I thought were the limits to the human body. I even got third place. And Greg got first in his age group, I'm pretty sure. But best of all, the race was over. I finished it. Could finally go home, relax, probably play some video games or something. Successful day, a successful trip. Now this story is obviously a little sillier and lighter than the context of our text this morning. But I want you all to think if you have ever been in a place yourself where you had to give all you had to keep on keeping on. Were you running a race like me? Were you battling a constant temptation? Do you suffer from chronic pain? Do you have a relationship that is shattered? What helped you continue? Or maybe you're still stuck in the same place. In these two letters to Timothy we've been looking at, the Apostle Paul has been doing his best to encourage and motivate his young disciple to pastor well. And nearing the end of his own life, recounting all the hardships he had gone through himself, Paul knows better than anyone how to equip and motivate his apprentice. He knows that what lies at the end of the journey for Timothy is endless riches in Christ Jesus. So as you think about your life and where you are right now, in a world that is hostile to anyone who makes claims of believing in truth coming from anywhere else than ourselves, where jobs aren't secure, where good health is a daily worry, listen to what Paul has to tell you about how to finish well. In difficult times, people make concessions. But now more than ever, we need to continue in our faith so that we may be complete. It is us that need to continue in this life to finish well, but church, it is God's grace. It is his active power that gives us the faith to. So I invite you to turn to our passage today, which is 2 Timothy 3. 10 through 17, and if you are able, would you stand with me in reverence and honor towards the Bible, these God-breathed words that we have and hold so dearly. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith 
in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You may be seated. Finish well. That is the main point of this passage, to finish well. And I get that from verses 14 and 16, which say, But as for you, continue in what you have firmly believed, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And this is crucial here. Paul makes it very clear, and maybe you have seen it in your own lives, that there are those who don't finish well. There are those who don't finish, period. What we have in this text is a reminder as Christians of what our sustaining hope is. This morning I want to answer the question, how are we to finish well? It is my aim to motivate and encourage us all to finish well by remembering God's grace toward us. So three things here from the text that we will look at. God has set us apart. God has given us all we need. And God has told us all we need. So God has set us apart. In the previous part of this chapter, and across this entire letter, Paul describes the ways of the world and evil people in it. In chapter 2, he writes of Hymenaeus and Philetus, too, who have swerved from the faith. Last week, we read of Janus and Jambres, who were corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. And mind you, these people were inside the church who had turned away from sound teaching. In verses 2 through 5, here in chapter 3, we read about the laundry list of sins that people have that we are to avoid. And if we are honest, they they manifest in us at times. Chapter 4, he writes that there is a time coming when people will not endure sound teaching and will turn away from listening to the truth. All these are descriptions of the world around Timothy and the world to come. And what does Paul tell Timothy? Verse 10, he writes, You, however, and in verse 14 he says, But as for you, But as for you, live differently. Look at these sinful people and look at how they live their lives. Although their sinfulness may increase, they will not get very far. Instead of following the ways of the world, Paul affirms in Timothy how he has followed Paul's teachings and way of life. Paul is clearly contrasting a crumbling sinful world to what Timothy's life is currently is and how it should stay. John Stott, in his commentary on 2 Timothy, writes about the difficulties for Christians who strive to live in a fallen world. He writes, Certainly the pressures upon us to conform are colossal, not only from the direct challenge to traditional beliefs and morals, but also, and more, from the insidious, pervasive atmosphere of secularism which even seeps into the church 
Many give in, often without realizing what they are doing. And this sounds pretty familiar to us, right? That's because, like my dad preached last Sunday, in all times and in all places, life will be hard. It wasn't just hard for the first church, although there were certain things that are different between their time and our time, but there is never a lull in sinfulness in the world or in man's heart. When we can fully grasp that truth, we can better deal with what's going on around us. Paul is pleading with, motivating, encouraging Timothy to stay the course of his life. And I think it's important to point out that Paul wouldn't be using phrases like, I remember you in tears, chapter 1, verse 4, or I charge you, chapter 4, verse 1, or use words like flee in chapter 2, verse 22, if this wasn't a serious issue. He wouldn't be writing like this if living and finishing a godly life well was easy. Verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In verse 11, he reminds Timothy of the persecutions and sufferings he faced in his pursuit of a godly life. He mentions three cities by name, but we know that Paul felt danger everywhere he went. Even while writing this letter, Paul was enduring persecution. Jesus himself tells us in the book of John, Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But here's the promise. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. After talking about what he went through in his life, Paul ends with the statement, Yet the Lord rescued me. He's saying, Timothy, even if all around the world you, the world is against you and your soul gives way, finishing well comes with a prize. So run the race. Battle fiercely. Farm hard because the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him, for he cannot deny himself. Finishing well requires us to do battle with temptations of the sinful world all around us. Be a light on a hill, no matter what may come, knowing that God will bring you through. Remember Paul's words in chapter 2, But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. God knows you. He has given you a seal and he will keep you. God has given us all we need. Back in chapter 1, Paul writes about Timothy's grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and their faith that now dwells in Timothy as well. Timothy, from a young age, grew up and around godly people who poured into him truth about God and how to live. 
I count myself blessed to have grown up in a Christian home. I was surrounded from the time of my birth by spiritual influences that shaped me into the person you see before you. I have had teachers, pastors, family, friends, all give of themselves to help me grow. I have been given grace-filled people to look to for guidance and knowledge of the truth and guidance in how to live my life. Now, although that was and still is the case, I can tell you with all confidence that just because you grow up in a Christian home does not automatically make you a Christian. I've struggled all throughout my life, and I, will, I know I will struggle in the future. I have two kids now. Parents, I think you know what I'm talking about. There are many people who grow up in ripe environments, but either lose their way or never find their way to begin with. But what Paul is saying here is similar to what he says in Romans 10, where he writes, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. The Holy Spirit moves in our lives when we hear the word of God. The more we surround ourselves, our friends, our kids with the truth of the Bible, the more chances the Spirit has to use it for salvation. Verse 12, Paul mentions all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Timothy knows that Paul, as an apostle untimely born, is living a godly life. And look at verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. The Greek word Paul uses here that we translate as followed means that Timothy took great interest in and studied Paul's teachings. He wasn't just following them from afar Being a disciple of his and actually traveling with Paul, Timothy got a front row seat of his aim in life, his faith, his love, and also his persecutions. Timothy knew that living a godly life wasn't easy. And it is never easy to see someone you love and admire and emulate go through the hard things that Paul did. But that is exactly why Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. He knows it's hard, but he wants Timothy to know that he endured and that Timothy will too. He endured them all because the Lord rescued him. Again, we need to continue in what we have learned because even though it may get rough, the Lord will rescue us and his word is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in him. So look to those who have gone before you. Learn from their example. Use the people in your life as a compass to navigate rough waters. Who are the godly influences in your life? Do you have any? Do you have a Paul who can be a mentor to you in living a godly life? You can look up to as many pastors, theologians, writers, or teachers as you want, which are good and are necessary, but find someone that is living a life that you can aspire to and that you can attain. Timothy followed literally and figuratively in Paul's footsteps. Find someone like that. 
do you have a Timothy? The Christian life isn't just about being fed. We are called to make disciples that make disciples. Find yourself someone who you can pour into and who you can show how to finish well. I encourage you all to look around. It is still amazing to me that in this small congregation we have so many people who have gone through or are still going through very hard things. These are people with stories filled with knowledge worth sharing. If you find yourself struggling, look to the people around you as encouragement. Someone to come alongside you and talk with you about what you are going through. And if you aren't the one struggling, find the people who are and seek to come alongside them. The Christian life requires community. And in community, we find help to finish well. God has given and is giving you godly examples to look to. Whether in the past or in the future, God's grace comes in the form of people who walk with us. God has told us all we need. What we have been given in the Bible is able to make us wise for salvation, is profitable for teaching and correction, able to make us complete, and most importantly, it is the very words of God being spoken to us. The word is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, verse 15. This is the goal, right? Salvation in Christ Jesus. I've heard it said before when asked the question, why are you a Christian? Sometimes the answer, well, because we get eternal life. We get to live forever. Well, that's true, but not the whole truth. As Christians, we attain salvation through Christ Jesus. When we live eternally, we get to live in the presence of the Almighty Creator, Sustainer, the most beautiful being. And as we read the Word, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and minds, teaching us and bolstering our faith. The Word also helps us finish well because it is profitable for teaching and correction. This is good news not only for ourselves, but others as well. The Bible, with the help of the Holy Spirit, teaches us how to live godly lives, reveals where we need to grow, reminds us of the truth, and it helps us do the same for others. We are called to sharpen each other. We are called to edify each other. We are called to come alongside other believers and also correct opponents with gentleness. When we read and understand rightly the words in the Bible, these things and more are within our grasp to help us finish well. The word is also there for us that we may be complete. God promises everything to us in his word. We are able to finish well, complete, on the day we see his face. This doesn't mean that we will be perfect, but we are being perfected day by day by the work of the Holy Spirit.
So at our house, we're in the middle of a remodeling project. Let's just say we've been in it for a little while, and we will be in it for a little while longer. I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we bite off more than we can chew, and it's in exactly those times that we need to hear from a professional. I've had help with, with, from someone with experience. He might not say so, but he has more than me, so that counts, right? Also, of course, I found lots of videos online from professionals. But reading the Bible isn't like getting help from either of those people. It's coming straight from the source. It isn't learning building codes from an instructor who is an expert in the subject, but learning from the one who wrote them into existence. We hold the Bible to be our basis of truth. We believe that God is the ultimate authority in our lives, and so we need to hold tightly onto his word and never let go. Paul knew that if Timothy would stay true to the scriptures, truth that he grew up with because of his family and truth seen in action by Paul and others, that he would be able to finish well being wise for salvation through faith. He would be able to teach himself and others truth and ultimately be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul learned it. Timothy learned it. And we are learning it too. To finish well, we need to start well. We must start with the firm belief that we have all we need for life and godliness in the Bible and that it is trustworthy, the ultimate source of truth. God communicates his love and his power to us through the pages of the Bible. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He sustains us daily and for eternity through his words to us. In our lives, we will have trouble. We will see and probably already have seen things go from bad to worse. If you are a Christian, if you desire to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. Now, depending where you are, maybe the persecutions will come at different degrees than for others in a different situation. But Paul assures us in this text that it will be hard to continue on. But all these things in the sermon this morning, everything that we read in this text, all culminates in one perfect truth. As we continue on, as we strive to finish well, no matter how difficult things become, the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, will see us through to the end. Paul endured all his trials, and he says, yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. He tells Timothy that salvation comes through faith in Christ Jesus. This is our rest. This is our hope. 
This is our assurance. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed so that you may be complete through faith in Christ Jesus. And here's the thing. You can only continue something that you have already started. Like in the movie Sandlot, where Smalls is asked if he wants a s'more, but he says he can't have some more if he hasn't had anything yet. You can't continue in what you haven't started. But this text isn't just for those who already have faith. Yes, for those of us who claim Christ, continue on. Finish well. But if you don't claim Christ as your Lord and Savior, then turn to him. Start now, because it's worth it. His grace is sufficient for you. God has set us apart. God has given us all we need. God has told us all we need. God's grace is sufficient. I want to encourage you all, myself as well, all of us, to finish well. We know that Paul and Timothy finished well. We know the other apostles finished well. But the encouragement comes not just because we know that they finished well, but because we know that they finished well in Christ. Christ brought their lives to completion, and Christ will do the same for all those who claim his name. So let's pray. Lord, we, we can do nothing but thank you and praise your name for the promise that you will rescue us. We thank you that you will, you've said in your word, and your words do not fail, that you will bring us to completion So we ask this morning, Lord, we ask every day, give us the faith. Bolster our faith to trust in you to finish well. So I pray for all of us this morning here. Help us to finish well, Lord, because you say you will. Amen.